Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're gonna mouth off too. Bam! This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Y'all, here we go. Garen Flowers, I have three intros for you, so hang on. Obviously, The Bachelorette with Claire Crawley. I also wrote Clubhouse Extraordinaire. And then I had to mention Emmy-nominated AP award-winning journalist in there. Hey, those make me sound great, so I'll take it. I appreciate it. Which is, like, your most proud of title? (laughs) I'm I'm always most proud of the newest thing. So this is probably sad, but Clubhouse Extraordinaire. Clubhouse Extraordinaire. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I want to go into a deep dive of your Clubhouse abilities, but we'll we'll do that towards the end. We'll talk about Well, we'll start with talking about you and journalism, actually. So Perfect. So you're from Florida. We were just discussing this. Yep. Okay. And then where did you go to school? Yeah, so so I was born and raised in Fort Lauderdale, okay. and then I went to the University of South Florida to get my undergrad degree. And then I got into Northwestern and got my master's at the Medill School of Journalism, which is... My journalism mentor went to Northwestern and yeah, she's a genius. So, duh. Well, I'm no genius, but they let me in and they let me finish. I don't know how. It was a huge honor. (laughs) I mean, okay. And so then, so were you doing print or TV? I was doing TV broadcast. So you were, were you like the MMJ uh, or as we call like the one man band? Were you anchor? Like, what were you doing? The the further I learned about the business and the further I got into it, the more I was like, really? Like, (laughs) it is not glamorous at all. Nothing is glamorous about journalism broadcast. Yeah, no. You have to shoot and edit and do all your own work. Like... You, you thought that you had help, you know, but like you're literally pacing down a story in the Florida heat, you know, doing it by yourself, putting yourself on camera at my first station, shooting your own live shots. Yeah, it was a lot. Your it was head's a lot. getting cut off. And I mean, the worst part was just like, OK, right. So we're we're supposed to obviously call our sources, get the story, get the stuff loaded into the car drive but also like we're supposed to somehow call everyone and set in every, everything up like while driving like it's everyone should have a photog as we call it just to drive so that you can do your job but no that doesn't no. exist and it's not safe but no you know. it's really not and then you're like why do i do this again but you keep doing it because <laughs> but you keep doing it because you're like, what, what else would I do? What else would I do? Yeah, it's it's great. You know, in theory, it's great. And, and you're doing a public service. So you try to keep that in mind. Okay. Do you have a favorite story that you've ever done? Ooh, there's so many. I know. Uh, Come on. I have, I have one I always resort to, but I also get how there's so many. But I, I, I do have a favorite story. I do have a favorite all right, so so I have a favorite story, and then there's like my biggest story. Can I say both? Can of I say course, both? you can say both. Yes. So my favorite story is one that is a huge problem in this country, and no one's talking about it. It's called grandparent alienation. Oh. People, yes, people are cutting off their parents, which means that their kids are also cut off from seeing them. So grandparents are losing access to their grandchildren. And when I, when I was started doing this story, I noticed that like everyone had a story, whether it was they were, they grew up and didn't have access to their grandparents or their friend didn't or their spouse or whatever. Everyone has a story about it. And it's a huge, there's millions of grandparents in this country that are alienated from their grandkids. It's crazy. And all that, that family history is just lost. Wow. I've never thought of that once until today just now yeah right right it's crazy but how did you how did you source that like just reached out to grandparents well there there well it was really easy because there was this lawmaker who was 
pushing a law through Florida to try to help grandparents. I see. So I had the I had the political aspect of it. And then also there's this huge grandparent alienation organization. Perfect. Um, in Florida. So I was able to go to some of their anonymous meetings and yeah, I had all my all, everything I needed right there in Florida. And then okay, then your biggest aka I don't know most traction i don't know yeah most traction biggest story it went worldwide um i found a guy not a guy i'm sorry i found a person who was born a white male but identifies as an as a filipino woman and he changed his name from adam to yadu so now he identifies as a woman okay and so not only was he transgender but also transracial now, people can come to terms with transgender and, and understand that, but like transracial, like you are now a Filipino person and it blew up. Joe Rogan picked up the story. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the, the HBO picked it up, this this one uh, show on HBO. I mean, it went all over, Fox and NBC, everybody. And and this person was in, in Florida and that's how you just... No, this person was actually in New Orleans. And I just found them online and told their story. And you ran with it. Yeah. Wait, what did you win an AP for? I won an AP. That was, that was also a favorite story. There was a guy who was like a former, I don't, I don't know if he was a felon or what, but he had been to prison before. Okay. And so he was just this guy who was getting his life together, started his own automobile company, fixing cars. And he noticed this new woman that just moved in the neighborhood walking to work every day. And he decided to give her a car decided just to give her a free car and he live streamed it on Facebook. And the story was so emotional. Mm. The, woman, the woman had just lost her son. Her son was in the military and committed suicide. And he had a daughter. So now this daughter is without a, a father. So this woman was just heartbroken and moved to Florida and was walking to work and he gave her a free car. And I told that story and it was just like the most amazing story. That's incredible. I want it. Will you send me all of these, please? Yes, all of them. Okay. I just want to see your work. That's so cool. <laughs> I appreciate it. I lived a whole different life than what I live now. Okay, wait. So do you still, are you actively a broadcast journalist or no? So I am not anymore. Now I'm a host. So you do host. And, okay. Yes, I do. So I do TV work, but just more entertainment hosting as opposed to broadcast television. And I get to interview uh, celebrities um, previously on the red carpet before the pandemic, but now virtually. Okay, like, oh, okay. We're just going to talk about TV the whole time. So who is like your, I don't know, favorite, I don't know, starstruck best moment celebrity-wise? Well, uh, definitely my most starstruck moment was The Rock and Kevin Hart and Will oh, Smith. yes. And Jamie Lee Curtis. Those are like, yeah, The Rock is great. I love Super nice so much. Cool. Good to know. <laughs> I want him to like meet that expectation I have. Okay, cool nicest guy ever nicest guy ever. i'll tell him about you if i ever see him again. oh my right. god i would literally my, my sister and i are obsessed with him so that's great wow cool but my my favorite moment was Catherine langford um have you ever seen the show 13 reasons of course. why yeah, yeah yeah so she plays hannah yep so, so i was interviewing her for her movie knives out and she got distracted on the red carpet and that happens easily there's people everywhere cameras and people grabbing. Yeah. yeah so I, I wanted her to get back focused but she was just like I'm so, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just, I just got distracted by your smile and your, and your clothes, your outfit and your beautiful tie. And she just started like rubbing my chest. And I was like, what? Rubbing your chest. Yeah. I, I have video of it. This Hannah, is get it girl. Right. And, um, and I was just like, I, I was just like melting. And then her, 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 PR, her PR person grabs her and is like, we have to go. And I was like, no way. Can, <laughs> can like, we, we, there might've been a connection there. There might have been a connection. I'm like, wait, I might have met my wife in the red You carpet. might have oh. met Catherine Langford wifey. Right, right. Damn. Right. You know. I love that. Okay, but did you also find, as I did, that as a journalist, especially at your first station, your small market, that you had trouble finding romantic connections? Like, dating-wise, has it been tougher, easier for you? Yeah, I, I agree with you. At my first station, you know, I definitely dated around, but I just always felt like I just needed to focus on career at that point. Yeah. And so dating would always go to the wayside and, 
you're you're always very careful too. Like you're you're new to television and being this public figure, so you don't want to get yourself in a bad situation dating wise. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was definitely difficult in my young twenties, mid twenties. But now dating is great. So you're having you're having a ball. Having a ball. Okay, wait. So then. Uh, presumably, I don't doubt this of you, but when you go on this show, right, you're ready for marriage. I totally believe that you went on looking for wifey. Um, uh, so, so like, were, were you at a place where th- you wanted to find someone seriously and then someone, like, nominated you for the show? Like, how did that align, being ready for a relationship and, oh, let's go on Bachelorette? so i did indeed go on for love i think i was one of the rare seasons if the only season that where i knew who my bachelorette was before i went and then and then these recent ladies knew matt james before they went but so i knew about claire but i was in a very serious relationship it wasn't a long relationship but it was someone i was serious about i guess i should say that i saw potential potential wedding bells like I definitely got into that situation thinking this is someone I could marry. And it was the first time where like things were going well and the situation ended on her end. And I, that was the first time I realized that you can't date someone who's not emotionally ready. Yeah. And that was the first time I had dealt with that, you know, at right. 34, which was crazy. And I was just heartbroken and yeah, I appreciate it. And I kind of love hearing that guys get heartbroken, though, but that's just an aside. Like, I think women think that you're just like rub some dirt on it and move on to that to the next. So I love hearing that. I mean, not for your heart's sake, but, you know. Yeah, I, I think women like when guys can open up and be yeah, emotional. Yeah, get a little weepy on us, you know? <laughs> we don't we don't like we don't like it. But um, I think you have to get to that point where you're willing to be vulnerable. Right. Because that's the only way you'll really have a healthy relationship, you know. So when that ended, I was watching ABC. I was watching uh, Listen to Your Heart and The Baker of Beauty. And then they kept advertising Claire all night. For three hours of night, I was watching ABC. And they kept advertising Claire. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. She's beautiful. Did you nominate yourself? I did. Wow, I I love hearing that. You don't hear that very often either. Yeah, you don't. I angrily applied. You, like, hate applied. I hate applied. I was like, oh, I'm so bad. And just like... This never happened, but um, but this serves her right. I'm applying for the Bachelorette, and uh, and yeah, there. I mean, I would ask all the guys, "How did you get here?" Most were like, "I was nominated." Nominated. Or out, and yeah, I think it was like a, a couple of us that like applied, like uh, applied or out. You, I'm, I'm assuming based on my experience, you got a call. You probably thought like I'm being punked or something of that sort. One thousand percent was yeah. like, "What? You're who? I don't believe." Casting no. of what? Yeah, like no, like like me. You're interested <laughs> in me. Like no, you're not interested in me. Like Same. what did I? Do? Yeah, you, right. Mm-hmm. Same with you. Crazy. Oh yeah, I was like, I was nominated, and like my mom had been saying, like, we want you to do this. We want you to do the show. We want, and I was like, no, shut <laughs> up. Like I'm doing great in my career. Let's focus on that. Blah blah blah. Right. So they went behind my back and sent in a video and. When I got a, I, I was on the desk actually, I was anchoring and I got a call, which is, I t- everyone knew at that point, like between these hours, I'm occupied. And so I just thought it was weird that, you know, I was getting a ring on my yoga pants because that's what we wear at the desk. Sorry, everyone, to break your heart. Yoga <laughs> right. pants it is. But um, <laughs> so I had a voicemail and it was like, hi, this is blah, blah, blah from casting. And before I called them back, I called my mom and I was like, what the fuck did you do? What did you do? Ah. And yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a joke. I was like, "This, what did you set me up? Like, what is this? Who? How?" And she's like, "Oh, I sent in a video the other day. They must have gotten it." I'm like, "Oh, great, awesome!" Wow. And yeah, then it happened very fast after that. What TV station were you at at this point? So I was I was in Bristol, Virginia. I can't remember the market. I wish I market ninety something. Um, but it was fun because it was it was a NBC and a Fox station, so we had two different stations. Um, and I mean, I loved that first job. Like, obviously, making absolutely nothing um, in a in a city I'd never even heard of, never even thought I'd visit, let alone move to. Um, but God, I love that first job. It's so fun. 
That's great. Fun. Yeah. But like dating was hard. And I think there's, you know, a, a serious journalist probably assumes that after two years, three years, you move on to your next station and then your next market or whatever. And so there's a, there's a part of you that's like, why would I date and like get to know someone if in the back of my mind, I'm constantly thinking like, okay, I'm going to move on to the next spot. Like I'm not going to stay yeah. here kind of thing, you know? So that was what I was always kind of like, I'm not really going to even try because what's the point? You know? Yeah. So. so so you didn't have one of those new station romances that, that know, we hear about? <laughs> no, there was a boy at my station that like, we, we, we had so much chemistry on air. It was me and the, the sports, uh, sports guy. And, uh-huh. you know, but it, I just was like, I, I don't ever want to do the in newsroom romance thing, not touching that. Um, yeah. but we like to flirt on air and people were always like, you guys should date. So it's like, kind of similar to what I deal with now when I podcast but um every guy I record with all of my fans are like you guys should date I'm like okay is there any does anyone have like criteria for me or is it just like a boy well well it's because you have such a fun personality you're fun to talk to so people are probably just like oh you look good with them you look good with them yeah and you guys have chemistry I'm like it's literally my job to to create chemistry with people like to to get to know people and make them feel comfortable that's my job not not that I don't like feel real chemistry with people. I love it to be genuine, but I'm like not all, not all of it has to be like oh my god, a future <laughs> Not every single situation, y'all. Like, give me a little bit of standards. I run into that quite a bit. Were you a fan of the show before? Like, had, had you watched? I was not. Speak, speaking of uh, you know old colleagues, there was a girl that was on. I can't remember whose season, there, but there was the girl from my old TV station that was on the show. So I watched one episode years back. This was like okay. 2012, 2013. So it was years back. And then I hadn't watched until I was moving to Los Angeles. I, I had nothing to do because I'd left my job. So I was I watched an episode of Bachelor in Paradise. Okay. So I watched two episodes of the franchise. And then I started watching Listen to Your Heart because Chris Watson, who you just had on here, is a friend of mine and, and he disappeared and I was like, where'd he go? And the <laughs> next thing he was announced on the show and I was like, oh, well, I'll watch it then. And I, then I also found out I knew another guy on the show, Trevor. So I watched for them. They were both the final two. And uh, so I did so watch. you watched the whole season? Yeah, the whole season. And that was when you were like, okay, this Bachelor thing, I can, I can hang here. I can hang. And then there were these three girls that I used to work with at my old station that kept telling me to apply for years ever since I moved here. And so they had been in my ear about it. And one of them is Mandy, our mutual friend. Right. We both. Who worked in Virginia with me in good old Bristol, Virginia. That's awesome. I love this. I love this little network we have. Um, Okay. So then presumably you had never seen Juan Pablo season. You'd never seen Claire before. No, no, I had heard of Juan Pablo just because the, the 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 franchise is so big that like you like you know like if you if you're into entertainment gossip or news you know of stuff right so I knew who Juan Pablo was like there were certain bachelors and bachelorettes who I knew their name and I knew they were on the show in the lead and he's he's one of them but I didn't know Claire, I didn't know Claire and so they started advertising her there's Facebook questions. Someone said, was there another season of the bachelorette you could have seen yourself on in terms of like past seasons? Yes. So I was um, inside of the hotel quarantining and, you know, watching old episodes uh, because I wanted to kind of understand what I was getting myself into. I loved Rachel Lindsay's season. She was, I think she's just like the crown jewel of, yeah, yeah, of just franchise. Yeah. But but then I started watching Becca Kufrin's season, and I was just like, this is a fascinating woman. I was like, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, focus on Claire. I was like, focus on Claire. <laughs> well, okay. Well, then I have to wonder about your attitude heading in, right? Like, there's some people that head in, and they're like, I'm going to get to the end. And then there's other people that are more like realists, right? And they're like, well, my the odds aren't great, but, like, let's have a good time. I was so nervous. Okay. I mean, I I think my biggest thing was that I'm I'm not good at like always coming in hot, you know, when I'm when I'm interested in a woman. Like I'm not always good at just like, you know, being super 
flirty or whatever off the top. So I think it takes a while to kind of get to know me a little bit. Like, okay. So not great for the show. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Cause you need to be like, share your life story in, in two minutes. Yeah. But, but I also think that I was just underestimating myself. Like, yeah. That's normal. Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's been romances where I just like, you know, just had the smoothest talk game and we started dating right away. And there's some romances where it, it took a little while. So I think I was just like worried and concerned that it would just be the one where I, I wouldn't get her, catch her attention quick enough and would be sent home. And, but at the end of the day, you can't worry about that. You just have to put your best foot forward. So, but that was the biggest thing I was worried about was just being nervous and making sure I didn't look like a fool on TV. I mean, I'm pretty sure like the first night, the bachelorette, had the conversation with everyone starts with like, Oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Like the, every conversation I did it just talked about being nervous for five minutes. So. Yeah. Did you do anything that first night where you're like, damn, why did I do that? Like me, I forgot to uh, say my name when I, when I first met Claire. So I did say my name when I was getting out of the limo, I, God, I banged my head so hard on the roof of the, the door it. it was so embarrassing i was like seeing stars uh, yeah that sucked um <laughs> and then it's just so awkward like it it was um you know you have to wait like the five minutes and then you go or five seconds and then you go forward so ben and i are just kind of like <laughs> giggling at each other and um but he said something stupid to me too so like it was it was it, it was fine it worked <laughs> Oh, wow. So, so that, that made it like a little bit more lighthearted. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, like I bumped, I bumped my head and I felt like an idiot. And then, uh, I think he was just like, the first night was very good for me. And I think he was like also seeing stars and, um, I was smiling really big. And I think he looked at me and he's like, are those, are your dimples real? <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> like, I, I think I said, like, I didn't draw them on. Like, they yeah. are real. Like, it was just, the uh, uh, like, very. Yeah, there's, like, there's things you can get enhanced, and I don't think dimples are one of them. No, I don't think you can get a dimple enhancement augmentation. Um, right. And if you can, I have not gotten one. So, um, but it was just, like, it was really, it was endearing. He was, it was, like, a nervous energy basically the whole night. I mean, what was it, what was it like for you? And like, what was your first impression of Claire? So, so the cool thing, um, as I mentioned was I knew who she was. So I was excited to meet her and I was able to find out some things about her. My first impression was she, she was so cool. Like number one, she, she smiled when we pulled up and I, my heart dropped. I mean, Claire is if you think she's pretty on she's Instagram on TV, in person, she's good. Yeah, you 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 met her. You hang out with her sometimes. She she is beautiful, and she she has a great smile, and she's and she's flirty. Banging you know? body. Oh my god. Oh. Banging body. Banging body. And so we we had a very flirtatious moment, and um, I, I can't really say you know what what didn't air, but. We just had a flirtatious moment that just didn't air where it was like, just like, oh, and I was like, oh, you know, and so I was like, that was a good intro. You know what I mean? But, but then I, but then I watched the bloopers back at the end of the season and she's like, what was his name again? (laughs) Don't trust trust that that was about you. That could have been about anybody. (laughs) True. Don't think that was about you. But I did forget to give her my name. So a, a lot of people were like, why did why does she do you like that? And I'm like, no, I, I didn't give her my name. So she literally had to ask. I don't know what his name is. Right. LOL. And then, and then imagine if you're meeting people in a row, are you going to remember their names? Absolutely you know? not. No, no, never. Well, okay. So the, the storyline from the get go was obviously Claire and Dale, Claire and Dale, Claire and Dale. So I always ask everyone I'm with, like, did you know who the front one runner um, was? And I guess even from night one, Dale could have been a front runner. So did you, one, did you think that? Did you see that? But also, like, how did you manage to stay positive about your relationship if you did see that? So I've, I've said this before, 
that I was the first one to see their connection because there was a moment, Olivia, where Claire was gone. And, you know, there's a bunch of moments where of you're course. like, yeah. Where's, where is she? Where yeah. is she? But there was a moment where she was just gone and like nowhere to be found. And I knew that I wanted to talk to her early or else I just wouldn't be able to get in all. Yeah. So I said, all these guys are focused on each other, talking to each other, just kind of laid back. Back. I'm only focused on her. Like I like talking to them, but I'm focused on her. So I'm looking around. I'm being nosy, being a nosy journalist. Like, as you should, as, as we should. And I look off into the distance. And you'll see this if you watch the first episode. I'm going to watch it back literally tonight because I want to know. Do it, do it tonight. The first episode. Look at look at Claire and Dale's scene. It's under this tree. tree. Oh, no. And there was a, wa- a water thing. Yeah, there was like a little water thing and this beautiful tree and, um, and um, lights hanging from mm-hmm, the tree. Mm-hmm. No one else had that except for Dale and myself. Because, because I found them. Oh, and, right. They had their own space off into the distance. I saw them holding hands and I was like, yeah. Oh, I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, you know, okay. A little bit, a little bit of a, of a, they've connected. Word. They've connected. Okay. Because you see her, t- I've seen her, t- I saw her talk to some of the other guys and she wasn't holding their hands. So wasn't leaning in. Yeah. I didn't know the depths of like, she, you know, you know, was into him from like, you know, researching him before the show. Uh, which is fine. I mean, a lot of people are like, did she talk to him before the show? And I'm like, what does it matter? Cares. Everyone's everyone's talking before Paradise, so who gives a shit? Who cares? Right, like, if, if if there was a girl I knew before the show and then went and I was the lead, I would give every, every girl a fair shot. So it doesn't matter. Well, the problem if is like, you know, I, I, I obviously, it's different in a normal world, but like a pandemic world where... You think your season is happening, your cast gets released, and then your season gets postponed, but your cast is still released. Like, what are you supposed to do? Just, like, not do any research? Like, of course you're going to want to at least look everybody up. And and I'm sure she did it for everybody. Not just It's not like she just singled Dale out and was like, I'm only going to stalk this guy. Like, she probably right. did it for everyone to see what everybody was up to. Like, if people were messing around, you know? Exactly. And like, and like, I, I did the same thing with like, you know, Matt James's girls when they, when they got released and then you look them up, you say, oh, okay, who, who would I possibly see in paradise? You know, and they, you know, there, there were a bunch of attractive women, like just like Dale wasn't the only good looking guy, you know, there's a no. lot of attractive And then there's, there's women I've met from Matt James's season where I was like, oh, wow, I, I didn't even think about you. Like you're, you're very attractive. You have a great personality. And I didn't even notice you. So exactly. it doesn't matter what preconceived notion you have about someone. So I saw them under the tree holding hands and I kept trying to interrupt. I kept trying. I was like, I'm about to go in, but I guess, you know, she wanted more time with him. And eventually they let me interrupt and I got to have more time with her than most of the guys because I had this secluded area. No, no one interrupted me. It's they like. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, that's interesting because so on the first night, I think I got that set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a special setup. Yeah, well, because I, I got the first impression rose as well um, as Dale did. And I got a ton of time and no one was interrupting. And it's funny because like a lot of girls came up to me afterwards and they were like, I mean, we we wanted to. We couldn't find you. Like, it was hard to get to you. Like... Yeah, until finally someone did. But, like, it was not immediate. It was, like, 10 minutes later. So that's yeah. interesting. Like, okay, good to know. So, so, so did you feel the connection to getting yes. the person first rose? You did? Yeah. And, yes. and what, what, what went wrong to where it didn't work out? <sighs> I mean, he met his winner. He really yeah. got to talk to his winner, and then that was it. I, the reason I always ask people, like, could you tell was because I could tell. Like, and then it got really hard to try to like remain positive, right? Like, of course the whole time you're like, oh, things can change. Like I'll get a date and then maybe it'll change. But I had a really hard time being like, like validating why I was still there the whole time, right. you know? Um, yeah. And so, well, I, yeah. Well, you got the first impression, Rose. So I, you probably had a little bit of confidence going in, but when did you see it shift from you yeah. to- It shifted like week three 
like I felt really, really good for like two weeks. And I, I felt it on, on like, it was one of those things where I immediately, I felt like he's just not that into you. But before that I was like, no, he's into me kind of thing. Um, but then like, yeah, I mean, then the women started like getting a little angry, angry. And then I started getting a little bit neurotic and Meanwhile, like, I'm not getting a date, not getting a date. I never got a, a date the whole time. What? I think I'm the first first Impression Rose winner who never got a date. Um, yeah. So you must have really connected with Abigail. Yes. No, we talked. So I met her. I met her at a, um, at a little bachelor hang. And I said, yeah. girl, like, you were freaking out. Like, so was I. I was sitting here like, what am I doing here? Like, how did we do so well at the beginning? And I'm just here. And I'm like, it's hard. I totally understood what she was saying when she was like, what, what's happening here? Like, how can I advance this? How did it go so well night one? And then I'm just, I feel like I'm just stagnant. Because you really do need... Yeah, you need the one-on-one to, like, actually solidify why you're there. Like, you know, group dates are, they're tough, right? Like, it's hard to have anything of substance, you know? I I just think it's weird with the guys. I think it's like, okay, I'm going to give the first impression rose to this woman because we hit it off the first night. Now I'm going to give every other woman a chance. Instead of of thinking – I'm going to continue to pursue this with the woman I gave my first impression rose to. Cause that's what it feels like. It happens. You would think you would think. Like, yeah. Yeah. So and I can understand like as their villain, I can understand why they wanted me to go crazy. But like Abigail didn't make much sense because she was just like loved. Why would you make drive her insane? You know, like what was the point of her getting that treatment? Like for me, I can get that. They, they, I needed to go insane. Um, but Abigail, that didn't make sense. But you're one of the, like the sweetest, nicest people I've met in Bachelor Nation. I don't get how you became the villain. You know, I think I was isolated very well. And, um, isolation does some crazy things to to people, you know, the unknown and you don't have anyone to talk to. Nobody. No. And it's, you know, like you do develop close relationships, but you're still in the back of your mind. You're like, I barely even know this person. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I was literally driven insane. Like it's so freaking hard to every week you think like, okay, here's the shot. And even with Abigail, my friend Kayla got her second one-on-one before I got my first, same thing happened with Abigail. And I was like, Okay, yeah, that was when I literally was the, all the cameras on were on me thinking like I'm gonna just flip a shit, and actually it was another girl who flipped a shit, and I was just like, should I see myself out? Yeah. So like, what's going on? Yeah. So that's that was a weird, weird. But I did I did connect with Abigail for sure. I don't even know how we got on that tangent. Sorry, but yeah. Yeah. No. no. That's awesome. <laughs> what were we talking about? I know what were we talking about? Well, we were talking about Okay, well okay, so so I'm just you you did say that you saw their connection. So could yes. you could you maintain positivity, things might change, we don't know everything, or were you kind of getting a little bit like ew? So I I didn't care about their connection because I felt like I I know what I have to bring to the table. Yeah. And this person will give me a chance or they won't. And that's fine because, um, because I didn't have an emotional connection to her. Right. Like I didn't get to have that point. Right. So there's this like male toxicity of like men getting upset when they get rejected and it's horrible. Like I'm I'm sure you've had guys DM you, you didn't respond or you didn't give them. Oh yeah. And then they say, Oh, I didn't like you anyways. And, or something worked. Oh yeah. Yes. And and I hate that. I think that's trash. So for me, Olivia, uh, you know, I never got had the chance to really build that rapport with Claire just because I didn't get that much time with her. And so I didn't really, you know, I wasn't really upset about it. Took yeah. it in stride. Yeah. The only, the only thing that really bugged me that like really, really hurt was, you know, she she's older, I'm older, and I like did the ultimate – show of like i'm here for you on, on the date the, the dodgeball on the dodgeball, on the yeah, dodgeball yeah. Date. that was the ultimate i'm here for you so like I, when you say that you mean you were the first to be like stretch yes 
they they said there's a lot of uh, uh, there's not a lot of clarity that that viewers have with that moment. They they oh did they really ask for a strip? Like yes. Did you not watch what they said <laughs> in the game? They said strip. You have to strip. So nothing else is on you. And the other guys were just kind of looking around. I was looking around and I said, I'm not here for them. I'm here for players. So I had this like WWE moment where I like blacked out. I was like, you said you want to see some balls. (laughs) And then then I, and then I I drop them and she's just like, Oh my God. You know? And I I just felt like that showed her that I, that I'm a man and I have balls and I'm, you know, here to, to, I'll, I'll risk it for you. And I was the only one from the dodgeball game sent home. And I was just like, so hurt and rejected by that. Not at the fact that like we had built a rapport yet because we hadn't had that chance, but just the fact that like, you couldn't give me another week after like Olivia, everyone gave me my props. Dale gave me my props. All the guys, the producers were like, I can't believe you did that. I have so much respect for you. Cause obviously that was difficult to do. Yeah. So the fact that everyone was saying these nice things, it made me feel a lot better. And I, I just thought that I would have at least gotten one more week to get to know you. And then she was like, nah. Yeah. I don't know any other season where the lead would have sent that person home who, st- who stood up like that. Who, who did some, I mean, did she, obviously that was the day portion of the date. So I'm assuming you guys, Although that was the night that I think da- the craziness, oh, the craziness with Yosef. No, that was basically, no. did you guys talk after that date? And like, did she acknowledge like, oh, you stripped? So that was, so that was, that was at night. And what, what, if I could have done anything differently, I have no regrets because I gave it my all. If there was anything I could have done differently, I would have pulled her aside right there after the game and been like, because we, we got sent home. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, duh. Yeah, you didn't have the. We didn't have the the little after yeah. cocktail party. I would have said, "Look, Claire. Like, I feel like because I felt like I was I wasn't worried about Dale. I was worried at the fact that I was like number sixteen, seventeen, eighteen guy that hadn't had a date, and I'm like, yeah. I was worried. I was worried about every guy, not just Dale. So I, I would have pulled her aside and said, "Hey, Claire. Like, I really just want you to give me a chance to get to know you. Like, just give me an opportunity." But I didn't, and I went home, and then. The next that that's the night that Blake Moynes interrupted. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. The next day is the rose ceremony, and I I had a conversation with her. Um, I can't talk about it because it didn't air, right. but I did have a conversation with her, and we did talk about it. And she said it was ballsy. So. And then she sent you home. Correct. Okay. Well, here's something. I I did my research obviously for this interview, and you had said, I'll quote you. Um, that when Yosef went off on Claire, that you felt that that moment impacted you in some way. So what do you mean by that? Our, our date, the one I just mentioned right. uh, at, at, the, at the cocktail party, went really well. It went really well. I mean, we were laughing and joking. And I, I mean, it, it, it just felt really good. But then when Yosef went off on her, I felt like it, it, it just put a dark cloud over the evening. It did put a dark cloud over the evening. And I kind of felt like the, like the sole responsible person for, even though I didn't, even though it wasn't my fault, like you they asked the stripping. Yes. The stripping. Okay. Even though it wasn't my fault, I'm the one that led the charge to do it. And I don't know if she felt like I put Yosef up to that or like if I don't, I don't know what she thought. And I can't speculate because then I'll drive myself crazy. Literally but, insane. Yeah. 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 Yes. But I felt like for some reason I was like the face of his anger. Mm. And I was okay. because later on on Clubhouse, he told me he did that because of me. He said he saw that I was sad when I got back to the. But you weren't sad because you stripped. You were sad because you didn't win. Home. Yeah. Right. I lost the game, got sent home like. Yeah, had we still been able to see Claire, I would have been fine. So I felt like I was kind of the face of the whole stripping thing. And that made me feel like I was partly why I was sent home, but I could be wrong. So that's what I meant by that. Did did the guys, I mean, it seems like y'all season is particularly close, like guys wise, y'all are all, you know, hanging out and everything. Um, but in terms of like, in terms of Yosef, did you guys get the impression that he was going to do what he did that night? Like, did he talk about how 
bothered he was by this whole stripping Claire thing? Or was that like a shock to all of you that he, he did that? Yeah, so there's a little bit of the lead up that they sh- that they show. I can't talk about it too much outside of what they show, but the lead up that you see happening on the show is accurate. Like you could tell he was pissed. Okay. And there was a conversation they aired that Joseph was having with myself and Chasen and a few other guys. And he said that, you know, he was upset and wanted to talk about it. And you hear me say, well, are you going to approach her about it? Are you going to say something? Because I didn't feel comfortable with him talking smack to us behind the back. I was like, you need to say something to her. Don't right. tell me. Okay. And so we knew something was going to happen, but I don't think we knew it was going to be on that level where he was going to disrespect her in that way. There were some guys that were like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, this doesn't look good. So, but did like, did the guys understand his anger or like, did they think it was misplaced? Like, Oh yeah. We definitely thought it was misplaced because he wasn't there. Yeah. Why is he so angry about something he wasn't even involved in? Exactly. It seemed like he was just trying to start trouble, you know? And, yeah, it was it was a little misplaced. It felt, and but we knew we knew he was very upset about it. I mean, he kept bringing it up all all day. He kept bringing it up. Okay, well, obviously, you go home before the big the big switcheroo happens. So, the big twist. So, is there any part of you that's like, oh damn? Like, do you think you would have hit it off with Tasha? Do you ever think like, bummer? Wish I could have, you know, made it skated through just to see the big switch. <sighs> So I was heartbroken that I didn't get to meet Tasha. I mean, she's she's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, no part of me um, regrets not having met her because I think her and Zach are great. You know, I think that their connection is is right, and I mean, it just seems so good. So there's there's no parts of me that would that would think, oh, if I would have gone, what would have happened? Like, no. Like, the, hopefully, the same thing would have happened. You know, and. I went for Claire. So it was kind of, it was kind of a one and done, you know, yeah. and I possibly could have like asked or fought to go back. Cause I had, I, Olivia, I had just gotten sent home. I know, literally. So I probably could have fought it. But at that point I was just like, now do I want to be on the show or do I want to be meet this person? And I, and it was, it was like, I put all my chips in. You met Claire's. a person and it didn't work. And then it could have just been the show after that. Yeah. I could see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, okay, last Bachelor question. You you dropped the word paradise earlier. So, um, <laughs> did I? <laughs> yeah, you did. Not, this is not me. It was you. So paradise, um, I mean, I'm. there's a big pool of people to choose from. So I imagine yeah. it's either going to be the biggest cast ever and or people are just going to claw their way on. So would you go? And, of course, if you did, you mentioned you just met some of Matt's girls like would you uh shoot your shot clubhouse game on paradise <laughs> shoot your shot <laughs> shoot your shot come on let's you gotta answer you gotta do it i'm gonna sound like stefan i'm just gonna shoot your yeah. shot shoot your shot come on now come on. um first thing is i don't think they're interested in me for paradise that's number one rude uh, but <laughs> right <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's, it's all good i i understand that you know there's a lot of people it's who... a big group that yeah exactly there's a lot of people the that pandemic fans. really has affected people's uh chances for sure oh yeah 100 and 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 i get it that i didn't you know last super long and you know there's certain people the fans want to see so um but yeah i don't really think they're that interested in me for it number one but number two uh, at this point i don't i don't know if i'd say yes i think that there's so much you have to consider you have you know um options i'm exploring outside of the show uh, romantically and professionally and both of those things are affected by going on the show if you of go on course. the show what you have going on romantically also has affects your job uh which i just got a new job opportunity which we'll talk about in the back channels <laughs> text me on the back channels <laughs> yes i'll text you the back channels so at this point it's taken so long that i don't know if i could like you know yeah like i, I think if, if there was more of a heads up then maybe i you could plan for it but um, that that's not in the that hasn't happened for me. But like, if you did, <laughs> would you shoot your shot? 
Oh, of course I would shoot my shot if I went. Come on, shoot the shot. <laughs> you said when I shoot my shot, of course I would okay, shoot my shot. But my first question was, who would you shoot the shot with? <laughs> You're not going to get out of this one. You know, you know it. Like, like I said, you sometimes you meet people and and it changes, or or you 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 know. The evasion is ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Ah, I, I I think that there's some really great women from that James season, from past seasons. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, okay. That really I'll narrows you. it down. Thanks, Garen. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, I've, I've I've said it before publicly that I, that I'm fond of uh, Atlanta. She was was the um, person who did the uh, Lady in the Tramp intro. Um, but, but and, and, and this is honestly just like, just people I'd be interested in meeting, like not, not necessarily like what I shoot my shot. I think it's important to meet them in person, but like her and like, I, I, th I think Kylie is really, really okay. cool in that James season. Uh, I think Bibiana is super dope. Uh, I think uh, Shiana is cool. She was on Hannah, not, not, I was about to say Hannah Brown. She was on a, a Pilot Pete's um, season. Yes. Yep. Um, who else? Natasha Parker seems cool. Yep. Um, you are shooting your shot. I'm not shot, shooting my shot. Shot, 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 shot. I'm just telling women that I think are cool and nice to meet. What does so. that even mean anymore? Okay, that's great. That's a great. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Because I, I think you have to get to know them and, and see. And there, there could be someone there that would just like, like, hold up. Hold up. Um. Okay, so speaking of shooting your shot and and Clubhouse, we have to discuss your sure. proudest title, and that is Clubhouse. What did I say? Extraordinaire. Yes. Um, so here's what I really want to know, because I've never really talked about this. Are you like an ambassador for them, or do you just like <sighs> see the benefits and you're like, I'm gonna just host everything? So I'm really good at jumping on things early, Olivia. Like I jumped on TikTok in 2019 way before every other millennial. I mean, there was other millennials on there, but like all the influx of millennials that came during the pandemic, I had already been on TikTok for almost a whole year. Okay. Like, making videos, I had already gone viral. Like, what? Yeah, Damn. yeah. Okay, I can't figure TikTok out, but anyway, continue. Crazy. So with Clubhouse, it was so organic. A friend of mine, I had heard about it. A friend of mine was like, you need to be on this app. Like you, you would be great for this app. Then I got on it and, you know, I was just kind of playing around, going into different rooms, not really speaking up. And then eventually I started to host, I hosted my own room. It was about like mental health and journalism. And I was like, then these bachelor groups started inviting me. And I was like, I don't know, like I'm on contracts. I don't yeah, know how I feel about right. that. I don't know, like, uh, you know, and I went into one and I was obviously very careful and didn't really say much. And then like more and more people just started following me and bringing me and bringing me into their room. I want to see how many followers you're at. So keep talking. Okay. And then I just kind of embraced the bachelor world and was like, all right, let's talk about Matt James's stuff. And there wasn't a lot of bachelor people on the app. So these, these fans were like, oh my God, this guy, Garen is cool. He's, he was on the show in Claire's season and, and he, he's hanging out. He hosts out. very well. He keeps the conversation flowing and engaged. Yeah. And, and for those who don't know Clubhouse, it's just an audio based app. It's like a live podcast. And there's this thing, these things called welcome rooms, right? So when you come off the app, you're welcome to it because it's such a friendly platform. And so I had a welcome room. And so when bachelor people would come on, I would say, oh, did, have you had a welcome room? And they're like, no, what's that? And I'm like, I got you. I just had show one. Yep. And yours was one of the best. I loved and it. Fun, right? Loved it. Wow, you are at 4.2K. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well, and doing well. And so I started doing these welcome rooms and, and fans were loving it. And so I just kept doing it. So you're not an ambassador, you just love the app. So like, from your perspective, the benefits, like, is it just connecting with people? Is it business opportunities? Like, what have you gotten out of Clubhouse? So I've gotten both. I've gotten friendships. I've gotten business contacts, potentially romance. Like, like it's, yeah, like, like Clubhouse is amazing. Like, I would never have met you probably if it wasn't No, absolutely not. Or, no. Or it would have taken a while, a long totally. time. I believe but, that. 
yeah, now we're super cool because of it. And I love that. Yeah, me so too. This, is a, this is a beautiful friendship from it. Um, you know, Chris Randone and Tammy and some other people from the, the franchise that I would not have met had happened for Clubhouse. And then professionally, I'm meeting people where it's like, this is, this is crazy that I'm able to connect with people who only would not have been able to connect with. And then the recent job that I, um, that I told you, the I, back I channels. in the back me. channels, yeah. they love that I'm on clubhouse and that I've been hosting conversations. Like, um, I don't know if you know this national civil rights attorney who represents all these families of, of police brutality. His name is Ben Crump. And, and I'm, connected with him from my time in news from, from the earlier days. And I hosted my own conversation with him and George Floyd's brother last week. I promise you. That's incredible. And, I, and this organization was like, how did you do that? And I was like, I just have all these contacts that I don't use because that's incredible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I wish I, I mean, that's, that's my one qualm with clubhouse is that it's like, if I'm, if I'm not there, if I didn't get the ping or whatever, then I don't get to hear it. Yeah. That's yes, bummer. It's not recorded. It's not recorded. Not or it's recorded. Not... Yeah, it's like you're there and you're lucky or you're not. And oh, well, FOMO. Oh, okay, wow. well, my last question, um, and this is because in my marketing class last night, we had a discussion with my professor. Do you think Clubhouse will survive? Oh, oh so you guys talked about this in your class? We talked about this last night, and I had to have this conversation with you because I'm just – I'm so curious what your – argument or thought processes on that okay and i'd love to hear yours too yeah i you know i think that it's uh, teetering a tightrope but i think it will survive because people absolutely love it and like i said th there has never been a better networking app that i've seen than clubhouse obviously linkedin is amazing and linkedin is probably the the best networking app like as as we speak right now but as far as the relationship building that you do on Clubhouse is far beyond LinkedIn. Like well, people yeah. that I've met up with, like Stefan and other people who I've met up with because of Clubhouse, I've never met up with anyone that I've met on LinkedIn. So I think it will survive, but it also needs to grow in the right way or else it could fall because it is teetering a tightrope. We saw that with MySpace. It blew up. But it fell. So just because you become a big thing doesn't mean you can stay that. So, how does Clubhouse stay the big thing? Like, what's what's your thought on that? They need to figure out this whole Android uh, launch because right now it's only iPhone. So Android and whatever other phone services every there are. Every Android that everyone has, yeah. Who knows? Exactly. So every other phone that's that doesn't have access to the app, they need to figure out that and that rollout. They have to figure out how to keep people's attention because that's what apps do, right? They gather our attention. They capture our time. That is what apps do. Apps capture your time. Instagram, we're on them all day. We're on Twitter all day. We're on TikTok all day. So Clubhouse, there's been kind of like a Clubhouse burnout because it's so easy to stay on the app forever. And now a lot of people are kind of like leaving it. So they just figure out how to keep people's attention in time. Agree. I'm a little worried about it. Yep. I do think the the point that I made about it not being like something you can listen back to could be a draw. I mean, it's people don't, you know, we've done clubhouse rooms for six hours. Like most people don't have six right. hours in their day. And if you miss it, you miss it kind of thing, you know? So there's that aspect of like, and I'm not sure how this could be done. If it could become something where if you are going to make it like a podcast kind of thing like can people listen back to rooms if there's one room you know your room that would be so great if it was something that was recorded and someone could listen back to i mean not every room is obviously worthy of that but like something like yours would have been right yeah yeah, yeah. so that would so be something if they could record certain rooms that they find to be like well thought out good conversation like poignant things like that um, obviously monetizing it, um, cause I don't know, they're not doing ads yet, right? They're not doing ads yet, but they just started a feature where, and it's, they're, they're rolling it out so slow. Not everyone has it where at the bottom of people's profile says, send money and you can send people money. Like as tips. If like, okay. Yes. People, okay. Yeah. So they're slowly rolling it out. Okay. 
Well, that's good. Those are my only thoughts. I mean, the, the, I, the problem that I was running into, not with your groups at all, but like I, I was part of a lot of marketing groups is it's, uh, it started to seem very much like the big wigs flexing their muscles and talking about how great they are, you know? And I was yeah. like, or, or like there was one, the one of the last ones before I was like, I'm going to give this up for a minute. It was literally just like 15 people wanting to talk about themselves, but like fighting on stage for like about, yeah. Like this one girl was saying like, you know, which I'm not saying her argument was wrong, but it was something about how like you don't let, uh, div there's no diversity on this stage, blah, blah, blah. And then all these other people were like, you know, arguing back and like talking about blocking each other and all this stuff. And I was like, this brings nothing to anyone. Absolutely nothing. There's no learning happening. Like, come on, people. Let's just keep it chill. It doesn't have to be this serious. It's not a popularity contest. It just got a little bit like, look who, look who I am. Who wants to listen to me? Right. But right. It, it's, it, it can be very annoying in that way. But your groups are n never like that. So I appreciate it. We, we keep it, we keep it healthy. We keep it fun. I love your groups. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, so you experienced a little bit of that burnout. I, I did experience about. the burnout. Yeah. Yeah. And I also had to, I haven't quite figured out yet how to like, I got notification, I like literally 13 notifications in like a minute because I, I subscribe to a bunch of groups and then like anytime there's a group with someone I follow, it just like pings me and stuff or notifies me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm also just someone that like, the reason I love podcasts is because like I'm, so, I don't have time during the day to just like sit and listen to something for two hours. But like at, if I'm in the shower, you know, I'll listen to a podcast or something. So that's why I was thinking if there's a way to make it available for people who might want to come back right. later. So that's my only thought. Um, if since you're such an ambassador, like you know, maybe talk to them because <laughs> yeah, like like the like part of the allure of the app was that like people can have conversations and it go away, not have to worry about you know. But and but then also there's so many conversations where it's like, wait, I would have loved to have heard that. Like totally. You know, um, yeah. So, and then if people post recordings online, like they, they can get kicked off the app because of, of that. Course. So yeah. Can't do that. So um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting. And um, you know, I experienced a little bit of the burnout too. I recognized that, that I was doing welcome rooms every night or a room of for some hours. sort. Yeah. Yeah. For hours every night. And it got to the point where it was, it was starting to affect my social life. Like my friends in real life. You were meeting people, but like also not doing things in your own city and your right. friends yeah. yeah so now olivia i'm very intent on scheduling clubhouse like a meeting so like if i have to set a meeting set it up set it aside for two hours i'll do this room for two hours i'll do this room for up to three hours or i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna leave wednesday and thursday night free i'm gonna leave friday night free you know? so like i'll i'll schedule time i'll i take clubhouse more seriously with my schedule so it doesn't burn me out like i know what's on my plate doesn't affect your life exactly exactly well i just i just adore you um think you're great and okay so every time i just like I've, there was an article that was very cheeky from um from flowers to roses or something and i was like yeah. good one just yeah wish your last name was roses like a specific flower Right. Yeah. So uh, I, I, and I honestly, Olivia thought I would make it like top 15, top 10, just off my last name. Off your alone. last name. That, that could have been such a great produced thing, but they just were like, no, no, he's gone. No. Yeah. They, I thought I had something too, and it didn't work for me either. So, you know, it's yeah. fine. Well, I think you're great as well. And, you know, thank I'm you so for glad having me. We have clubhouse to say brought us together. That's the one reason it will not go away. Yes. Um, okay, so please share your your social media, including your clubhouse handle for anyone who has an iPhone and is on the app and wants to listen to good conversations. Just tell us all of it. <laughs> I am so excited to uh, for people to connect with me on Clubhouse. It's at Garen, G-A-R-I-N. And then Instagram is at Garen Flowers, as well as Twitter. And then TikTok is at Flowers on Flowers. Ooh. And also, you just got Garen on Clubhouse. That's When you right. just have your first name, that means you're somebody. That's that's when you're killing it. Oh, there, there's this there's this Garen guy, spelled the same way as mine, that is a social media guru. 
So he literally has Garen on every app, on every app. Except for Clubhouse. Except for Clubhouse, yeah. I don't know if he got it on TikTok, but um, but but he had it on every app. And so I beat him to it. I was like. He's pit. I mean, he's trying to buy it off you probably, huh? I, hey, if he reaches hey. out, I'll be like, hey, man, this could be a Here's pretty Here's my penny. price. <laughs> right, right. It's going to take a lot for me to change it to Garen Here's F. Here's my price. Okay, well, message me on the back channels about this uh, new job, please. I will. And I will send you those stories. And please, I, I have homework for you, okay? I'm, we're we're going to hang up here, but you have homework right after this, okay? <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks, hon. I appreciate it. And uh, everyone go follow Garen and uh, love on him the way you should. Ah. Oh. So much fun. Thank so you, Olivia. So much Olivia. fun. Thank you. Bye. Bye.